Amen. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Do you believe that this morning? Amen. The God is good. He is good all the time, and we have the privilege of worshiping Him together this morning. Thank you for being here. Uh, welcome to Trinity. I'm Pastor Jeff Gangle. Uh, thank you for those of you that are joining us online in our live stream. Thanks for tuning in, being a part of the service here. Or maybe you're watching the service after the fact. Thanks for doing that. However you're connecting with us this morning, we appreciate you at worshiping at, with Trinity Church. Um, this is a special day. This is our Vision Sunday. Thanks for being a part of this. Because it's our Vision Sunday, we're doing things a little bit different order, as you guessed already. We're, uh, we started off in praise. We're going to talk a little bit about this past year. We're going to praise, take some time to praise God again, thank Him for what He did through last year, and then we're going to take a look at our, our vision and our priorities and our ideas for this coming year. So would you pause with me? Let's go to the Lord in prayer and let's ask His blessing on our time together today. Lord, we are so thankful that you invite us in to taste and see how good you are. You say, just come and try me. Test me. See that I am good. See what I can do in your life. And Lord, we have had somewhat of a trying, testing year this past year, and we have still seen your goodness. We've seen your faithfulness. We've seen you work in miraculous ways that only you could do. And so, Lord, we thank you for your work in our lives, your work in our church. We thank you for the reality of our salvation and of our faith and of this privilege of walking each day with you. And so, Lord, we ask your blessing on our time together today as, as we now go into your word and go take a look at how you have shown that faithfulness to us through this past year. Uh, Lord, I pray that those reminders, those remembrances of your goodness, of your kindness, of your grace will inspire us and, and motivate us to walk in faith each day, again, through another year. So, Lord, I pray this morning, as I always do, that you would guard my words, help me to accurately, rightly communicate what you want said to your people today, and, and ask, Lord, that it would be the power of your Holy Spirit at work in us to, to teach us, to guide us, to comfort us, to provide all that we need as we come together this morning. And all this we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our precious Savior. Amen. So as we look back at 2020 for a few minutes this morning, there's been a lot said, a lot written, a lot described, but I thought it might be fun just to start off with a few funny memes that I found, some pictures that just kind of describe 2020. So we started off the year, and a nice cup of 2020 may have looked like this, a little, a little cat cup, you know, it looks so cute. Um, but when we took a drink of 2020, this is what happened. <laughs> the, the bunny ears right in the eyes, you know. Uh, that's how it felt through this year. Or, or maybe this, you know, maybe in 2020 you had plans, a lot of us did, plans to travel, to go see family, to go to special places, maybe even to some exotic place like the Sydney Opera House. But instead, what 2020 brought, the reality was <laughs> dirty dishes stacked in the shape of the Sydney Opera House, perhaps. <laughs> But still, not what we anticipated, not what we thought the year would be. Or how about this one? If 2020 was a bag of chips, what would the flavor be? Orange juice and toothpaste. <laughs> Love it. That's kind of what the year tasted like. But in, we, in reality, looking at 2020, as believers looking at 2020, we realize there's a lot to laugh about. There's a lot to cry about. There's a lot to get discouraged about. There's a lot to get upset about. But this morning for a few minutes, I want us to think about what we can be thankful about, what we can be thankful for, what God has done above and beyond a lot of other stuff that's happened in this year through and maybe even because of some of the stuff that has happened over this past year. And as a church, to see how God has protected us and provided for us and blessed us and worked through us, it's important for us to remember that. So for the first half of this service, that's exactly what we're going to do. It's dedicated to reviewing what God has done here at Trinity and then praising Him, thanking Him 
for what he's done. And I want to start with Psalm 145. We've been in the Psalms already. Jason read Psalm 1, a great reminder of what it means to be the righteous in God's sight. And then Psalm 34 that we just sang, taste and see that the Lord is good. Psalm 145 is David's description of what it means for us to praise God together, to remember what He's done, that we tell it to each other and we tell it back to each other so that we do not forget to praise our God. So I want us to read this psalm together. If you'll follow with with the words on the screen, let's read the first eight verses of Psalm 145. I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. That's what we're here to do, to commend God's works to one another, to remember God's works one one to another, to praise Him for His faithfulness again and again and again. And those of you that were here a year ago, January of 2020, may remember we had our Vision Sunday like this, and we talked about our initiatives, our plans, the goals for the coming year, of course, having no idea what was coming in 2020. But God knew. And I want to show you a little bit what we planned and what God did in 2020. So here was the first thing we said last year. On our list one year ago, we said, first of all, we will continue to be intentional about making disciples who make disciples by asking everyone at Trinity to experience D201. So 2020 was the second year of this discipleship emphasis. Those of you who've been here long enough remember 2019 was D101, an emphasis on the gospel, the core of the gospel. And we wanted everybody at Trinity to experience that. So a number of different groups and classes, we put that out during that year. And if you weren't here, we ask you to go back. We put it online. Go back and listen because we all want to know, we need to know together what is the core of the gospel not only so that we know it for our own faith and walk, but so that we could share it with others. And then last year we said, well, the next step is D201, as we called it, and we focused on the spiritual life. So during the end of January and into February, we had four consecutive Sundays, these messages on what it means to live the spiritual life. Because again, we believe this is core for every follower of Jesus to know about spiritual life, spiritual formation, spiritual gifts, spiritual fruit. So that was our focus at the beginning of 2020, because discipleship, following the Lord Jesus together, is why we're here. It's what this is all about. And so we've kept those up on the website. They're available when people come and want to be a part of Trinity, to join Trinity, find out about Trinity. We say, go listen to those D101 and D201 messages, because that's what we're about. So it'll be no surprise when you see D301 on our list for 2021. We'll come back to that in a few minutes because discipleship following Jesus is core to who we are as a church. Second thing we said last year was we will launch a homegrown ministry to serve the students, families, and teachers, and staff at Tate Elementary School. And if you remember, if you were here, you heard a lot about this the first few months of the year, and we actively jumped into this, and you all jumped on board, and it came Valentine's Day in mid-February, and we had a spread, a picture of this at the ta- at, for the teachers at Tate, and we had a whole bunch of volunteers there just to love on them and encourage them and say, we're here for you, and we, into March then came um, St. Patrick's Day, and we took some more gifts to the teachers, but right about that same time, is when the shutdown happened and the school closed. And all of a sudden, all these plans we had for being involved and helping at Tate Elementary were were off the table. What do we do? Well, we continued to pray. We continued to figure out ways. We came to fall. The school opened back up again. David Elwanger is our elder, one of our elders, and also the leader of our Tate team and helped us kind of get together some more gifts to the teachers, encouragement notes, And so we've continued that ministry, but we don't know what that's going to look like moving forward. 
but we're going to keep it on our list because we believe God has called us to this. So whatever this next year brings, you'll see it as number two on our list for 2021 as well. What else did we have last year? Number three, we will continue to build up our ministry to families by providing marriage and parenting training and establishing a marriage mentoring ministry. Well, again, we had big plans for 2020. We kicked it off with a Valentine's dinner for, for couples and focused on marriage. And if, the, if you were here, a lot of people were. We had the, the fellowship hall packed with folks. We had uh, wonderful food, and the deacons decorated it up beautifully. It was really nice to focus on what is God, this gift God has given us in our marriage in our marriages. So we had a number of other events planned, parenting training and marriage training and seminars and workshops, all, all that went off the table with COVID last year. But it's not off our minds. It's not off our focus. And so there's going to be continued efforts to encourage us in our marriages, in our families, in our parenting. And as we step back, we're getting back to and focusing on our youth ministry and our children's ministry, which just started up a couple weeks ago again. Because God has put us in families, and we want to be, as a church, supporting, encouraging, healthy, strong families. Fourth thing we said last year was we will strengthen our congregational care through elder contacts and targeted deacon ministries. Now, when we put that on the list, we didn't know how important that was going to be. But God knew, and God was preparing us for what was to come in 2020. Because it was the very fact that we had our congregation members and regular attenders all divided up into groups for our elders, that we had a way of keeping contact even when we stopped meeting for a while. Our deacons, we added a few deacons last year specifically for congregational care so that our widows and, and widowers and, and, and those that are homebound, which were only a few at the start of the year, but became many more people who were kind of shut in later in the year, but we had a structure for it by God's grace because of God's movement for us to prepare, we were ready. And so, thank goodness, our elders and our deacons were able to continually stay in touch with people even when we were more isolated. And that's continued right up to the current day. Some of us, Beth and I, did a number of, of pastor porch visits, a number of our other elders, and some of you did this as well. Here's one of our precious widows, Dot Hurst, and when Beth and I went and visited her and sat right out on her porch, God gave us those ways, other ways, creative ways to continue to connect and minister to one another, even during this pandemic over 2020. So we need to praise God for those ways He gave us. And then you as a congregation have moved in. Our meal train, transportation for other people, staying connected, that's all become so much more important this year. And praise the Lord, you all have stepped in to do that, to help with those who needed it. The fifth thing we said, it was on our list. So back in last January, we said, we will continue our search for a full-time music director who will lead our music teams and youth band, who will provide music ministry to our community. We still didn't know who God was going to bring. We were still praying for this. You think God answered that prayer? Absolutely. And Scott and Allison and the guys are here. Jonathan and Ethan and Scotty, we're so thankful. In the midst of a pandemic, they joined our family as a family, and we're so thankful that they are a part of this. And so glad to have you guys part of our ministry here at Trinity Church. That's an answer to prayer. And a pandemic did not stop God from answering that prayer and bringing them to us, providing that need for Allison to lead us in our music ministry and our worship ministry here at Trinity. So, all this is what God did. Yes, some things changed. Yes, some plans had to be altered and adjusted. But I wanted you to see how God worked in and through even plans that we made not knowing what was coming in 2020. But God did even more. And, and this is where I want to go next because He always does this. God does immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. Remember Paul says that in Ephesians 3? And so God did things in ways that we weren't even necessarily preparing for, things that we didn't put on a vision list, and yet God prepared and worked in these ways. So I want, to, I want you to see a few of these. Here's the first. So we were able to move seamlessly to virtual services and groups. Now again, we, at this point, we probably take our live stream services and our Zoom group meetings, we probably take all that for granted because we've been doing it for 10 months now. But when all this shifted in mid-March, 
praise the Lord, we were ready for this. We were already live streaming our services, so it was a pretty easy shift to keep putting our services out there online when everybody had to be virtual. Charles made a couple adjustments for us and, and helped us kind of upgrade some of that technology as quick as possible. We got the services out on a number of other platforms so that we had backups and so that people could, could connect in other ways. We got Zoom going to keep our men's groups and our women's groups meeting that continued all the way through the summer. Normally, we break in the summer. We didn't even do that this year because we had the capacity, even virtually, to continue meeting. And then, as we came to our time trying to get back together, remember what we called our rehearsal phase, right? So in May, in the beginning part of June, we knew we were going to be opening back up again, and so we asked our elders and deacons and spouses and our tech team and our music team came in, and we started on Friday afternoons right in here filming the service. Then we moved it to Sunday morning so we'd kind of be prepared for end services. And so a couple pictures of that as we began to se separate out the chairs and set up the services and, and test drive everything. And praise the Lord, we were able to open back up for our regular two services every Sunday, mid-June, and have continued since then. We need to remember to thank God for that. Praise God for that ability, readiness, and, and the grace that He's shown us to be able to continue to meet throughout this pandemic. We haven't missed a Sunday. Here's another thing. We were able to partner with CARES to help the hurting in our community. So, again, we owe, CARES is a regular connection. It's a partnership for us, but we didn't know how much we were going to need to give because the, the needs in our community just exploded through this pandemic. And so, three times over the summer and the fall, we ask you to help us by bringing food in, just a drive-in, drop-off food collection, three different times that would go to CARES and then be given out to people in need in our community in Pickens County. So, I asked Carol Abishan, who kind of helped organize this, what, what did we collect after those three things, which we put it all together? And she gave me the numbers. I was astounded. I didn't even remember it was this much. But 4,490 pounds of food collected by Trinity Church. That's two and a quarter tons of food collected, brought in your trunks to get here to Trinity and go to people in need. We also collected 21 garbage bags full of clothing. We collected over $12,000 in donations. And by the way, that's above and beyond what we give to CARES every month. I mean, they're a partner ministry, so our missions committee has an amount they give to CARES every month just because we want to support that ministry. That $12,000 was in addition to what we do every month. See, the pandemic in some ways moved us into action in ways we would not have even thought of if the need had not arisen. So thank you for moving and praise God for moving us in those ways. Here's another one. We were able to help the Pregnancy Center prepare their new building. So in the middle of a pandemic, they purchased and were renovating a new building for that ministry in Jasper. Again, it's one of our partner ministries. And so you all came out for a number of work days over two-week time span to help us build and paint and landscape and clean, all the things that had to be done so that they could open up that ministry again in July. And praise God, it all got done. And even though there had to be extra precautions and people came, you know, wearing masks and stuff, whatever we had to do, we got it done. You graciously stepped in and helped so that that ministry could thrive. And it is still thriving now in that new location. Here's another one. We were able to help Casa de Abbey down in Honduras when COVID hit that nation really hard. And if you remember right, Michael and Karen Vincent let us know that, that because everything shut down there, the school shut down and so on, they had to keep the girls in the home and everything had to happen there. And so they said, is there any way you could help us get a playground built in the backyard for the girls? So Trinity collected the funds, and they were able to build a playground right in the backyard there so the girls had a place to go play. I said, well, if all the girls are on school online now, we need more laptops. Trinity gave, and we provided laptops for all the girls there at Casa de Abbey. They said, you know, when it, once we get the winter break, we really need to get these girls off. They need to get out. We need to take them to the beach. Trinity gave, and they got a trip in January to go to the beach, take those precious girls out for some fresh air and sunshine Again, different needs arose, 
God prompted you, you helped, you gave. And Trinity was a key part of Casa de Abbey's ministry continuing in 2020. Here's another one. We were able to worship all together at our fall celebration service. Now, normally that wouldn't be on our list of something special, but because of COVID, this was special. We were looking for a way. We wanted to bring everybody together, as we always do, for our fall celebration and have a chance to be all together, same place, same time, praising God together. And so we were able to do that. We got the terraces right up the highway here, Steve Tate, open air, and you all came out. It was wonderful to get everybody out there praising God together at the same time in that place and uh, expressing our thanksgiving to God on that day. One more thing. We were able to bless children around the world with Operation Christmas Child boxes. And again, you say, well, we do that every year. Yes, but this year was different. And we didn't have the actual physical boxes. All the boxes were, were collected and, and, and created online. But that didn't stop you. In 2020, we collected from Trinity more Operation Christmas Child boxes than any other year before. 604 boxes donated by Trinity Church to Operation Christmas Child. Again, I just wanted you to see how God has worked and moved in extraordinary ways even in and maybe even because of a difficult year. We have so much to be thankful for, and I wanted you to hear this, to know that God was not stymied. He was not paralyzed. He was not constricted by anything that happened in this past year. God was at work in us, through us, and so I want us to take a moment to praise Him in song. We're just going to pause right here before we go on to 2021. Team's going to come back up. We're going to pause, and I just want us to express in song our praise to God in these ways. And, and one of the ways that we've been doing this, by the way, too, is with just by singing the doxology. You know, when we came back together in June and we couldn't pass the plates anymore, the, I mean, the offering bags, we said, well, we need something to kind of mark this, what would have been our offering time, to remind ourselves of, of giving to God's work. And so we started singing the doxology each Sunday. And we're going to do that again this morning. And we sing it because it's a reminder that God blesses us so that we can then participate and give and bless others. So we thank Him for His blessings, and then we give generously because He has given so much to us. So let's stand together and sing, and we'll close this out with the doxology, then move on to 2021. Amen. Thank you. Praise Him from whom all blessings flow. We have so much to thank God for, so much to praise Him for. And because of that, we have so much to anticipate in this next year. Because God has been faithful, He will continue to be faithful. He does not change. The same God who carried us through 2020 is carrying us through 2021. And so we want to come now to our vision, our mission. What is it as a church? that God is calling us to. Because though our initiatives, our vision initiatives, those goals, those priorities change year to year, our mission does not. Our mission is based on what God calls us to as a church and will, what our mission will always be as a church. So would you say this with me again this morning, just a reminder of our mission together. Shining the light of Christ for the glory of God by the power of the Spirit. I hope that's something you remember. I hope that's something you think of often, maybe even say it. We say it occasionally here together just to remind ourselves that this fits us. I mean, our name is Trinity Church, right? God the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And that's embedded in our mission statement itself, that what we're about is about the Trinity, God three in one. We're focused on shining the light of the Son we do it for the glory of the Father, and we do it only, can only possibly do it in the power of the Spirit. All three members of the Godhead actively involved in our lives, in our church life. And so the mission statement reminds us of that, and it also reminds us of Jesus' words taken from Matthew 5. So this is kind of our key passage that we always put with our mission statement. 
And I want us to read these verses together, verses 14 to 16. So again, would you read with me off the screen? This is what Jesus said to His followers, and so He says to us, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and give light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. There's this beautiful metaphor of light that Jesus uses. So what is he saying about this? Well, if you have a faith relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, then you know that He Himself, and in other passages in the Gospels, Jesus presents Himself as the light of the world. So why does He say here to His followers, you are the light of the world? Well, because in relate, being related to Him and coming into that faith connection to Him, His light then shines through us. And so we become the light of the world because He is the light of the world. And the whole point of light, of course, is to shine, which was what makes this metaphor so beautiful. So Jesus says, if you have a lamp in your house, it's there for light. You don't cover it with a box or a bowl or something. That would totally defeat the purpose. Now, what do you do with a lamp? You put it up on a table. If it's, it's a stand-up lamp, you put it somewhere in the room where it's going to emanate light to the whole room. It would be useful. Because that's its purpose. So Jesus is saying to us, I've given you this purpose to shine my light to others. I'm sure many of you remember, as I do, that, that little kids chorus. Maybe you grew up singing it in Sunday school like I did. So sing it with me if you know it, right? Here's, here's our light, right? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Very simple chorus, but actually pretty profound meaning and drawn right from Jesus' words. With, with one little explanation, because with it, we can miss it when we say, this little light of mine, we can possibly think that I am the light or I have the light in and of myself. We've already said that's not the case. We have the light because of Jesus shining through us. It's His light that we shine. It's our responsibility to shine it. And this light is so vitally important. What is it? What is this light that Jesus calls us to shine? Well, the Gospel of John describes it a little more in full. The first chapter, John, as he's describing and introducing Jesus, he says, this light that came is the life of men. Jesus came to show us the Father, to show His love for us. So the light is the love and the life that Jesus brings to us. And so when you come into a relationship with Him, receive forgiveness of your sin because of the cross, then you have God's love flowing through you and you have His eternal life in you. And so we shine His light by loving others as we've been loved by Him and by telling others about life in Him because we've received that life. You're shining the love of God and the life of God. That's what should emanate out from us. In fact, Jesus says it here, so that people will see your good deeds and glorify God in heaven. They see the love of God and the life of God in us. That's what it means to shine. That's what it means to be reflections of light of Christ to the world. In fact, and maybe now, look more than ever, that light is so needed. You know, again, looking back on 2020, there's a lot to get discouraged about, a lot of darkness. And it just didn't end with the end of 2020. It carries on. And because there is maybe more discouragement, because maybe there is more confusion, because there is more darkness in our world, what we need is not to be afraid of that darkness, not to run from it, not to have doubts because of it, but to shine more in this greater darkness. That's the job God's given us to do. That's the privilege He's given us as light. 
And our world needs to know about the love of God and the life of God by us shining the light of Christ more than ever. So this mission statement that we're going back and looking to is is not old stuff. It's not irrelevant. In fact, it's as relevant, maybe more relevant than ever, that in 2021, we shine the light of Christ. In fact, if you look at the vision and mission handout, which, by the way, was on your chair, so take a look at this. It has that mission statement and that passage we just read. But it also then gives three ways that we shine the light. How do we do this as a church? Well, the first area there's of three is, is the light of the Word. And so what we have decided, what you know about Trinity, if you've been here of any time at all, that our focus is on communicating the message of the Word. This is our light. This is the revelation of God Himself and His plan for mankind. If we don't have this, we have nothing. We have nothing to say, nothing to believe in, nothing to hold on to. This is it. And so at Trinity Church, we are committed to communicating the message of God in the Bible any way and every way that we possibly can. Preaching it, teaching it, sharing it, telling it, talking about it, studying it together. That's why you see that so central to everything we do at Trinity. It's the light of the Word of God. But it's not just about having it in our heads, knowing it in our heads. It's about living it out in our lives. That's what we mean by discipleship. That's where the Word of God is evidenced in our actions, in our lives. That's the light of the Word. But then we also have on there the light through our work. So Jesus said, shine the light through this kingdom work, the work that He did, the work of the Father, the work that we're called to, doing the work of God, serving God in our church, in our communities. It happens anywhere, everywhere we are. There is work to do, kingdom work, and we shine the light by doing that work. And then thirdly, there's the light to the world. Jesus said it, right? You are the light of the world. Well, we shine the light by getting that gospel message, the message of salvation, out to as many people, as many places as we possibly can, to all four corners of the world. That's our job as the church. And that's why missions is so central to who we are and what we do here as a church at Trinity. That's why our local outreach as well as global missions is so vital because we are called to be the light to the world. So that, this is the mission. This is what drives us as a church, this shining of the light. And so these are our marching orders for every day until Jesus returns or until we die. As long as we are here as a church, as Christians, this is our mission to shine the light of Christ for the glory of God by the power of the Spirit. But then each year, there are certain priorities that emerge, certain things that God calls us to, ways that we shine the light as a church. So what is that? What will best help us accomplish this mission in 2021? What needs to be on the front burner? And so our pastors and elders have been working at the beginning part of this year to identify three priorities, and that's what I want to present to you this morning. They're on that card that's on your on your chair. We'll put them up on the screen as well. What are the three vision initiatives for 2021? Here's the first one. We will continue to be intentional about making disciples who make disciples. I said that before. This is core to who we are. Discipleship is what we are called to, and so it will always show up here on our list of priorities, of initiatives. But this year, in a specific way, we're moving on from D101 and 201 now to 301. Let me pause for a minute here. Just say, if you're here at Trinity and you haven't, you haven't experienced 101 or 201 yet, they're on the website. Please go back and watch those. They're about a half an hour, 45 minutes each, and four sessions in each of those. That's vital to understanding what God's called us to as a church. But this year, D301 is going to be focused on being shaped by the gospel. So we're going to study Starting next week, through the whole month of February, our focus every Sunday will be on a passage from 1 Timothy. This is Paul's letter to to Timothy, his protege, the, the, the one he mentored to be a pastor, a missionary, a leader in the church. And he tells him, this is what your job is. This is what the church is to be about. So it's a great book for us to go to, to focus on what are we as disciples, as followers of Jesus, supposed to be about? How does the gospel shape our lives, transform every part of our lives? 
And so I encourage you to be a part of this. Come every Sunday that you possibly can in February. If you can't come, watch it online on the live stream. If you can't get the live stream, watch it later on in the archived version. Don't miss any four of these messages this month on what it means to be shaped by the gospel. This is our discipleship focus for 2021. There's another aspect, though, of this discipleship that we want to emphasize this year. It's there every year. We're just giving it a little bit of emphasis this year. And that is the groups at Trinity Church that are dedicated to studying and, and applying God's Word in this kind of gathered accountability. So it's our women's groups, our men's groups, small groups, our youth group, and one-on-one -on -one kind of relationships. If you're meeting with one other person where you're walking through the Bible, studying it together, praying for each other, holding each other accountable to live it out, that's discipleship. We could even define it simply as following Jesus and helping others follow Him too. Somebody asked on our Zoom call with our elders a couple weeks ago, and Jason gave this a great, simple definition. Helping others follow Jesus as we follow Jesus. That's discipleship. So this year we're urging and encouraging all Trinity members and regular attenders to participate in at least one of these kind of groups. You need to be around other people that are following the Lord Jesus. So if you're not in a group already, I encourage you to find one. There are all different times, all different days, lots of opportunities, a men's group, a women's group, a small group, whatever works for you. But be in a group of people pursuing this walk with Jesus together. That's how we're going to shine the light of the Word. And by the way, each one of these this year, I think, corresponds to those three ways the Word and the work and the world. And this one, this discipleship element, corresponds to what it means to shine the light through the Word. The second one corresponds to our work. And so here's number two. We will continue to develop our ministry to serve students, families, teachers, and staff at Tate Elementary School. Now, we talked about this from last year. We hit, we hit a wall. We hit some struggles. We hit some barriers. But we really believe God has called us to this, to stay in this, to pursue this, to to persevere in this ministry. Tate Elementary is the closest school to Trinity Church. And this year, maybe more than any other year, teachers and administrators are struggling. This is a tough time for our educational system. So again, maybe God put us on this last year so that we'd be ready this year to stay engaged in supporting this local school. And I don't know how it might expand to come down the road, but I know for now, this is where God's called us. So David Elwanger is one of our elders. He's also the leader of our Tate team. And they've continued through the fall and now into this new year by providing things for the teachers. We're going to continue to do that. And we're praying that at some point the doors will open back up. We'll be able to go back in in person to encourage the teachers, to get involved in events there, to help students there. And so just be ready when that, call, when that opportunity comes. We're going to be calling on you. Until then, we're going to continue to do it in whatever way we can. So here's a couple good things to know. One is that David was just, just yesterday invited to be a part of the advisory council for Tate Elementary School. That's a great inroad. So he, later in February, he'll be there with parents and teachers and administrators to have a voice for Trinity Church in encouraging those that are running Tate Elementary School. We also had this idea that next Sunday, we're going to jump right into this, Next Sunday, we're going to have, like we have the cards out on your chairs, we're going to put note cards out. We're going to ask every, everybody that comes next Sunday to write an encouragement note, something that says, you know, we love you, we appreciate you, your work through this struggling time, we, we, we're praying for you. Whatever you want to put, all those personal notes, we're going to collect and we're going to take them to the teachers and staff at Tate, along with some kind of a little Valentine gift for them. We want them to know that we as a church are with them, behind them, supporting them, praying for them. We're not going to go away just because it's harder now, because it's harder for them too. That's shining the light through our work in our community, and this is a specific way we want to continue doing this. Now, it doesn't mean there won't be other opportunities, so there'll probably be more CARES drives. There may be other ways we can help at the pregnancy centers or, or with Young Life or some of these other partner ministries. You'll hear about them through the year. They're not off the table. But Tate Elementary is a specific, unique calling for us as a church. God has led us to this. We want to stay engaged as long as we possibly can. This is an, we've adopted this school in a sense, and we want to serve as long as there's an open door. 
Here's our third one, third and last for this morning. We will reach out to our communities with the gospel by providing encouragement and training for neighborhood groups. Now, let me explain that in just a moment. Jesus said, go back to our missions, you are the light of the world. How do we do that? How can we be the light to the whole world? Well, one thing we've said already is that our missions program, the missions that we support regularly are a part of that in getting the gospel message, salvation message out to people all over the world. That's vital. That will continue. And you'll hear about that continually through this coming year. But how can each of us individually shine our light to the whole world? If Jesus said to us as individuals, you are the light of the world, how do we do that? How do we interpret that? Well, what struck me when we had this meeting as elders and pastors a few weeks ago to talk about our vision initiatives was that when we think about reaching our community, what we do, and typically what most churches do, is you draw a circle around your church building. So here's a map Charles put together for us. There's Trinity Church on Steve Tate Highway. You draw it out 15, 20, 30 miles, whatever you think your radius is, and you say, okay, that's our mission field. That's our target. That's our community. We want to reach that, saturate that area with the gospel. Well, that's well and good, and that's helpful to think that way, and there are ways that, that we can approach it that way. But what struck me that night as we were talking about this, and I shared this with the elders, I said, really, the building is not the church. We know that. This is where we gather to worship together, but this location is not the church. We are the church. God's people are the church. And so, what's the circle? It's not just what's around a building. It's the circle that's around each one of us. The circle of influence is wherever you are. It's where you live. It's where you work. It's where you travel. Wherever you are, the light goes and the light shines. And so, for me, it was a different way of thinking about it. So, if you can see the map up there, it's a little hard to see. The, there's these little dots red and yellow dots all over where, where Trinity people are. It, it's much wider. And so instead of one big circle around a building, it's multiple circles around each one of us who are part of Trinity Church. That's our sphere of influence. It's your neighbors. It's your coworkers. It's your family. It's the people that God's put you in touch with. So here's the thing. You have to understand, to, to understand this initiative we don't just shine the light from this church on a hill. We do, but this is not all there is. We want to make sure we are shining from here. The gospel is going out from here on a regular basis, absolutely. But we shine the light of God wherever we are as individuals too. See, the, the light of Christ is not one beacon that shines out to the world, like a lighthouse just kind of going round and round and round to get the light out. Now, the light of Christ is millions of little points of light all over the world, wherever there are believers. And that includes right here in North Georgia. That's how we shine the light of Christ. So, what does this mean for vision initiative number three? Well, what we want to do is help you figure out how to reach those within your circle of influence. How do you get the gospel to them? How do you share your faith with them? How do you talk about spiritual things with them? Neighborhood groups are one way of doing that. Now, there'll be probably many other ways we're going to think of as we move forward with this, but we want to start with this one because we know this works. So, just a couple examples. Uh, four or five months ago, in September... A neighbor and I got together, we decided, well, we, need to, we just need to start a men's group right here in our neighborhood. So we just kind of put it out there, we talked to a few other men, invited them in. We now have 10 guys that meet from our neighborhood right on our street every Thursday morning just to talk about God's Word, to talk about spiritual things, to pray for each other. And we've got guys from all different backgrounds, Some, many of them are believers, a few of them I don't think are believers yet. They're still searching, they're still figuring this out. But this is where we want them to be. We want them to hear it and share it with us. We want a place for those kind of questions. That's what we mean by a neighborhood group. It's not a trinity group. It's not anything that we're already doing. 
It's a way for us to live out our faith right where we are. And I didn't just come up with this myself. I actually was inspired by other people at Trinity who were already doing this. So David and Stormy Elwanger do this in their neighborhood. They've got a group. They just invited any neighbors that want to come to their house once a week and just talk about the Bible. They're going through a C.S. Lewis book right now. And uh, the first one I heard about was Nancy Legg. When we first came to Trinity, they were one of the first couples that started coming after, shortly after Beth and I started coming. She just opened up a group to some women in her neighborhood. Because of physical issues in their own lives, Phil and Nancy haven't been back in person, so I couldn't have her share this in person, but she was willing to videotape this. So watch real briefly here, a two-minute video, Nancy talking about this group that she started in her neighborhood. When we decided to move to North Georgia four years ago, I knew that I wanted to connect to lady friends. I prayed for God to put strong, faithful women in my path. And from there on out, I was just mindful of opportunities to meet Christian friends. I began to socialize with a group of ladies and we got along very well. It took some courage but my friend Susan and I sent these ladies an email asking if a small group Bible study might be of interest. We received an overwhelming response. Yes, they replied. It's been two years since the group started meeting. We generally come from the same station in life, but from very different faith journeys. We have Bible scholars and we have members that had never opened a Bible, but it works. We select an eight-week study, and we ask the members to commit to the sessions. But beyond the study, we minister to one another. We share our joys and our sorrows. We socialize, and we pray for one another. It has been my joy to watch how we have grown in faith and in friendship. Yes, these are uncertain times. We don't know whether we will be able to meet inside or outside this spring, and we're not sure what study is going to be best for us. But what we do know is we want to continue growing in our love of Jesus and supporting one another as a part of God's vision. What I love about that is Nancy just was moved by God to do this. It wasn't a program. Nobody else suggested it. She and another friend decided they wanted to just invite some other women they had been meeting in the neighborhood to come and meet to get in God's Word together. And God's blessed this. God's used this. So this is the kind of thing we want to provide a way just to equip and encourage you to do the same kind of things in your neighborhood. It may be in your neighborhood. It might be where you work. It might be at your school. It, it, there's a lot of different ways this could happen. We just want to equip you and encourage you to do it so that you're going to see that rolled out through this year in ways that we can um, provide that equipping for you. The gospel needs to go out to people who have not heard, who do not know, and that's what this initiative is all about, shining the light in our circles of influence to the praise of our Lord Jesus Christ. Did you know this just another side fact of this? So you know there's a mission field out there. We were sharing this in our elder meeting and somebody that's connected to the, to the POA in, in Big Canoe said there were 280 home sales just in Big Canoe in 2020. 280. Now, not necessarily all those are going to be permanent residents, but that's a lot of turnover. That means there's a lot of new people there and probably the same true in other communities around here. A lot of new people coming in, many of them who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, don't have a home church, aren't connected to a faith community that need to be. And we need to be the light shining to them, inviting them, encouraging them, reaching them, befriending them. That's our job. That's why we're here. And that's our vision for 2021, to be that, to do that, and to reach you know, when Jesus was teaching his disciples, he, they asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus gave them a very simple prayer. And occasionally we recite this, we use this, we call it the Lord's Prayer, but it really is the prayer he gave us 
as a way of kind of capturing in a few words and a few phrases what we're to be asking for. So would you pray this prayer with me this morning? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You know, Jesus says in that prayer, we're to pray for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we're a part of that. <laughs> He's asked us to do His will and therefore bring His will to bear on, on earth. He wants to accomplish that will through us. And the Bible calls us ambassadors and servants. We're witnesses. We are His light, Matthew 5. So I'd like this to be our marching orders for 2021. Maybe a phrase that we'll kick around, use, remind you of every once in a while. Thy will be done in 2021. Very simple, but a reminder that what we're here to do is God's will, to bring His will on earth as it is in heaven. That's our mission as a church. Thy will be done in 2021. So as a church, and maybe for you as, a, as an individual, as a Christian as well, that's your goal for this new year. To do God's will in our lives, in our church, in our families, in our community, and in our world. And God was faithful in 2020. He will be faithful in 2021. I can guarantee that because it's His nature. It's who He is. So as we close this morning, the team's going to come and lead us in that, that song, that reminder. He is faithful. He was faithful then. He will be faithful now. He will continue to be faithful throughout this new year. Would you stand as we sing this together?